Man, what's up, man? Going on with you, sir. Hey, man, you ready to do this? Hey, hey, listen, man. I'm, I'm whatever you with. I'm with. I'm, I'm taking a ride on the Brian train. You know what I'm saying? Look, you, come on, man. Come on now. <laughs> what you got for me? All right, y'all, welcome back to the morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous podcast, where, of course, we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. Last episode was Three Amigos Part Two. That's where Trevor talked about more of uh, his story and Sal kind of chimed in or whatever. But, of course, it was a dope episode and me and Trevor known each other for some years or whatever. Um, but for this episode... We are taking it way back. And now this is another one for the North Point alumni. <laughs> I have the Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have the one and only Deshay on here. We only talk first names. We ain't gonna talk the whole government names. You know, you don't know who's lurking and listening to these things. Um, nah, man, I got my boy Deshay. I met Deshay in 2009. We're old. Crazy. 2004. You got oh, it. damn. You tri- I'm tripping. <laughs> we graduated in two- hey, Hold on, man. You, you <laughs> hold on for a second. I said, I, I ain't that good at math, but my calculations, I, I know. <laughs> I'm tripping. We met each other in 2004. We graduated in 09. Damn, y'all. My bad. And yo, and that was not scripted. I promise you that. I really, in my mind, thought 2009. That's how long. Damn, man. What? Yeah, almost- I, I, I met you when B2K was hot. So yeah. <laughs> That's, you're showing our age, man. You're definitely showing our age. Come on, man. Age is culture. Age is culture. <laughs> nah, man. So, you know, of course, for people listening, like, you know what I mean? The farther I get into this thing, kind of the harder it is to, you know, have people on because I'm starting to run out of people that I personally know. But the, most of the people that I've had on in the, in the last few episodes have been people who have been referred to me or they've reached out, which is cool. But with the Shay, I was in the new Weck- <laughs> I was in the new Weckman's the other day, the one in Alexandria. And I saw this dude in a black jacket with a hood on with a mask on his face, walk past me. And, you know, I thought he like worked there. He worked in the frozen food department or something. I don't know. So I'm walking again. And I walk past him again, and all I hear is "What's up, dog?" And I say it was good, and I just <laughs> and I just kept just walking. Gave me the coldest strut of my life, like a father that did not want to come back home to his child. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> my man gave me eye contact and everything, and just kept it strong. And I said, "Okay." <laughs> and I turned, and all I because I, I said, "Man, I ain't got my, I ain't got my piece on me. I don't know what the what the fuck like you know." What I mean? <laughs> so like I was like, I thought he was talking to another a dude that actually worked there. So I kept walking, and all I heard was Spence. And I turned around, and it was the Shay. I said, "Oh shit, what's up?" <laughs> so like we got the rapping. Yeah, man. How long? When the last time we spoke? I remember we ran into each other a few years ago in front of the uh, oh. the noodles and company or something like that in the parking lot. Was it you that told me that you you, you woke up and became a, uh, a principal in Dubai? That definitely wasn't me. 
okay, but well, it was a guy that looked just like me. <laughs> told me the same thing. And I said, man, this guy reminds me of Spence. <laughs> it just wasn't you. I've never been to Dubai, nor do I have any plans on being in the education system. So, uh, yeah, no, nah, definitely wasn't me. Um, <laughs> I know that was I think we, <laughs> the last time we ran in the guy. I think he was driving, you still driving a Chrysler? Oh, I had to get a coupe life up, man. You know, that I, I just feel like that that was enough breeze to hit my face and shoulders while I'm going 60. I need something more stable. Yeah. Lifestyle. Yeah, 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 man, because uh, we're going to get to it in a little bit, but I know you're a, fa- you're a father now, you know, so uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but me and Deshae were rapping in the grocery store, man, and it was just so weird that, like, we ran into each other at all places in Alexandria. And, you know, we got the rapping and I said, man, dog, you know, I got this podcast, man. I feel like you should be on. I've been following your stuff for some years now. And he just ain't going to talk about what he does in a little bit. But, you know, and he was just like, bet I'll be on. I was like, cool. (laughs) You know, and that's kind of it. He's probably the first person that's been on here that it was as spontaneous as it was. Usually I reach out to people. I set up a phone call, whatever. I ran into him. I was like, dog, we go way back since literally like 13 years old so hey man you trying to be on my shit and he was like yeah so that's how this episode was born mm-hmm. Welcome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but of course man i thank you for being on dog i feel like it's going to be a, a good conversation because again you know this is one of those episodes where i'm not all the way familiar with Deshay's journey and you know where we've come from as far as being kids to basically grown men um but what's up, man? Tell the world about yourself, dog. For those who don't know who the man, the myth, the legend is. Oh, man. Come on. Those are only given to the people who have passed away. You got to lead to get that title. I, I, I'm going to keep it right here on this side of the grass. <laughs> yeah, man. So how's everything, dog? How's everything with the fatherhood? We'll start, we'll start with the, start with like, I guess you could say the very beginning, like, you know, when you started, what made you get into doing comedy and sketches and stuff like that? I'm going I'm to I'm be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was eight years old at the time. My mother was working for the YMCA. Okay. You know, I would leave school, catch two buses, walk eight miles, and then I'd be at the YMCA after school. You know, no transportation. It was a lot of walking and activities. The legs would definitely... Strong to the core, you know. And right. um, one day, you know, she just comes out. She's like, yo, I was school. I'm like, yo, school's all right. It was cool. Uh, I don't think I'm going to pass math. I told her I can't count. You know what I'm saying? I was same day out of Texas. And um, she's like, UBI is what's going on. I said, well, uh, I don't feel like sitting here. So you got f- something for me to do. I'm tired. But at the same time, I'm a kid. I'm not trying to sit in the office. And she walks me outside. I see this camera. I see a whole bunch of other kids. They were leaving and some of them were staying. She said, uh, do you do you want to uh, be on Zoom Disney? <laughs> I said, so, wait. <laughs> Imagine a kid telling their parent they're bored and they want to go do something, but you ain't got a babysitter. So instead, you walk your child on the set of Zoom Disney. At, at that point in time, <laughs> you know, it was like sending a five-year-old kid to, to Disney World and you tell them, that they can roam around without parentals. A five-year-old? Come on, man. Right. The dream wow. come true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I and I danced uh, for about two hours, and, and that's when life started <laughs> as far as entertainment. So I didn't know that it went back that far. I thought maybe you know what I mean with you inspiring, uh, being in, inspired to start, you know, comedy, being a sketch artist. That was like something maybe that happened during high school. I didn't know that happened many many years before that. Yeah, I used to be with a, a few different agencies. One of them was MTC, um, Donna Groff. Hopefully she's still alive. I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> since then. You know what I'm saying? If not, God bless her heart. God bless her heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was young and, you know, they had an agency and I never forgot. Um, They they held uh, open auditions for the agency at Annapolis Mall on the busiest Saturday of that month. I think it was something similar to, you know, it was past Memorial Day. So, of course, you know, you had to sign up and, audition before the audition and you know i got that top five so i felt good a young black man in america you know skating past all the agents and the russians <laughs> and everybody else and they thought that my black was that beautiful to be top five come on man i embraced it <laughs> took and advantage. so i got that top five yeah i took advantage of it then they called yeah. us and they said hey saturday you need to audition for the big lady so i get to the mall i want to say ah maybe still in middle school and there's about 200 people plus that are there for the auditions, the family. And then you got the mall on a, any given Saturday. Everyone's lurking around. It's huge. It's crowded. They got a microphone that feeds the whole entire mall with volume if need be. And we had to perform in front of maybe 3,000 people. And wow, I had the time of my life. That's dope, man. So how old were you when that happened? I want to say maybe 11, 11, 12. Wow. Wow. You know, they, um, the old saying is uh, two important days in your life. One, you're born. And the second one is to figure out or realize the reason why you were born. And I think you can agree when I say this, that it's a blessing that when you're young, you know, you knew you wanted to be in comedy and everything being an entertainer at eight i knew i wanted to be on the radio at 15 so it's it's the, the earlier the better you know what i mean and you know when you have that ambition that drive that hunger you know it gives you more time to chase it you know what i mean and not saying that you can't pursue your dream and later in life but i'm just saying it's really it's a good thing when you can you know what you want to do at a young age i i know it was that i didn't i didn't know it was that young so where did it go from like where did it go from there so were you doing stuff like in high school or i was i was doing stuff in high school all while doing being a high school young man yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. i felt like i was living three lives i had to you know make sure i actually am passing high school uh one point i almost <laughs> had to go to summer school and that was a that was a shell struggle for me, so I got it together after that. But right. you, know, you got to be a young high school individual that's actually excelling in everything that you got going on, education purposes. You know, you got sports, all these other things. But then you have the real you, the you that's connected to your family, the person that no one else will see once you close that door. You got your family life, and stop. I lived in maybe three three places at the same time, three different states. So you know, mm -hmm. that was a lot. And then you mm -hmm. had. Uh, being a young man trying to develop yourself at a high school that had no older kids. So I felt like, you know, we kind of went through yeah. three different leagues yeah. of life at the same time. What he means by that is I remember, you know, we all, because what middle school did you go to? 
Ooh, <clears throat> I went to two two uh, middle schools, uh, Matthew Henson, <laughs> and I also was still going to school in Florida at uh, oh, wow. a couple different cities out there in Tampa. So it just it was a lot of bouncing. Okay, back and All forth. Right. Well, the reason I asked, explaining to people that are listening that maybe not they don't know what you mean by there was no older kids is that, you know, when you graduate middle school, you go to ninth, there's 10th graders, 11th, 12th, whatever. When all of us graduated eighth grade, that was it. <laughs> like, that was you, it. After was no seventh more. grade, we were the oldest dogs <laughs> in the school all the way till graduation day of senior year, which was sweet, man, because, you know, you hear about these stories. Amazing. You know, but it but it was different. It was different to navigate through that because, you know, from kindergarten all the way to the, you know, our seventh grade, you know, we always had older kids. You know, some of us, some of them we looked up to. But when we hit eighth grade, we were the top dogs until senior year, you know, and at the time that was it. You know what I mean? That was it. And there were no kids older than us. And it's like, damn, you look back and it's like we didn't really have. Kid, only people we had to look up to was the teachers <laughs> if that <laughs> you know yeah 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 man so it's like you know i didn't i only played football with y'all one year i think i played like my sophomore year or whatever um then i kind of was like yeah nah, i can admit i'm not the sports <laughs> guy i was on the debate team though i was on the chess club <laughs> i was uh as long as you were involved in something, right, right. That, that's the name of the game when you go yeah, to school. You got to be involved in something. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I played my 10th grade year and then um, I was like, man, the hell with this shit. <laughs> like, you know. Um, so, how was it? Like, I guess you said the most important thing, you know, when you said navigating trying to be a young man through high school, especially with no older kids, like, and trying to pursue your dreams. How was that? Um, honestly, it was easy. And I, and I only say that because a lot of times as men, when we go through lives, we, we talk to other men who are older, maybe wise. And what they do is they, they try to point us in a direction to either honor somebody, serve someone, look up to or revere them. Right. right? And so you always have this idol of, okay, I want to be like this man. I want to be like this guy or somebody old enough to kind of show me the ropes. When you don't have that, I feel like, you know, Mm-hmm. It's actually a good thing. <clears throat> and I always say that because imagine you spend 10 years looking up to somebody so much that you actually eventually become them. You, you give them enough of your time, your words, right. you know, you, you, you educate yourself on how they move, how they walk, how they talk, you know, what's their pursuit of passion? How do they handle that as a man? Eventually you're going to become that person. Right. So it's not a bad thing if it's the right role model, but imagine if you didn't have that. And the person that you were looking up to is yourself, just the best version of yourself when you get towards that time. That so if I'd never had anybody to look up to, which I feel like I could have, but I just didn't put that much honor and, and reverence, you know what I'm saying, into them. So I just always thought about who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. And I knew at a young age and I put the best version of myself, even at the whatever mindset I was at the time. I just put myself in front of myself and said, yo, I want you to keep chopping off at the blocks until you carve out the perfect man for what you want to do at each stage of your life. That's dope. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a perspective like that where someone said, yeah, I looked up to myself because I didn't have nobody to look up to, you know. Um, and my hat goes off to you for that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, um, 
for those people probably who don't who maybe just now listening to this if you listen to prior episodes I always talk about my parents you know how much of an influence they've been on me but of course especially like my father you know what I mean I've always had him you know what I mean to look up to and you're right when you said that you spend enough time around somebody you eventually turn into them whether it be good or bad you know with the, what's the saying birds of a feather you know Wow. They gonna slide together. Yeah, <laughs> and for better or for worse. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're around a bad crowd, you're going, yeah, because, you know, we did, and of course, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I don't even remember half of them, but we did go to school with some people, you know, that didn't really turn out, life didn't go their way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Life didn't go their way. And uh, I'm going to just leave it at that, you know, and, um, that's a big deal. Like you said, us as men, like, you know, we, we operate differently, you know, and it sounds to me now that I'm learning more of your story, you kind of had to learn how to be a man a lot faster than a lot of us did, you know, and, and growing up, um, um, you know what I mean? Through high school, even afterwards or whatever. So that's dope, dog. I mean, that's, that's dope. I can't say that for myself, you know, that like, because again, I said, I have someone to look up to. But, but wait, but, but they, if you, if you look at it with a different connotation, I thought that, I believe that that's the word. Don't, don't quote me on it. Yeah. But just think about yeah. it, right? Just because I might have had to grow up quicker as a man, that's just a different element. Right. right? So, so for me, it could have been, okay. Um, I had to learn how to deal and go through life and develop without a man in my household, right? right. So right. say somebody else, say you per se, had to grow up in a household with your father. So some people might see it as some the other child might have had the disadvantage, but the advantage might be you might be the type of person that because you had your father in your house, you never, you never got a chance to express yourself the way you wanted to. Right. You never got a chance to respond how you wanted to because you were in fear that your father would probably bring that palmella on the brown side <laughs> down and, and, and smack a new smile on the back of your neck yeah you know? yeah 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 see the thing is and you're right and you're right and it's like the way my father was growing up and still is um my dad handles his problems with his issues with words um he is someone that i never really got i never really grew up getting you know physically disciplined well one because i didn't really get into much trouble because i knew you know it was really my mom that i was afraid of like you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it was my mom that was the one that you didn't mess with like it wasn't like growing up in my household it wasn't oh wait till your father come home it was wait till your mother come home me and my brother oh please don't tell my <laughs> you know my father was more of the one that was just like you know, he and my, even with that, like my mom didn't put, you know, she didn't even <clears throat> physically discipline me. But as far as like with my father, the way, you know, growing up, man, you know, what I mean, my parents were and no disrespect to people who grew up like this or maybe have kids like themselves that do this. But my parents weren't my friends growing up, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? If it's they was a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they weren't. They weren't my friends and I'm not trying to speak on parenthood because I, I don't have children. So I'm, a, I'm not going to touch that, but I can speak to my childhood. And it's like, you know, my parents were not my friends and they made that very clear. <laughs> you know, we're your parents. 
you got your friends, whatever. Now, as I got older, I can express more to them because, you know, I'm a grown man. But as a kid, nah, it, it really wasn't like that. So you're right. You know, different, different aspects of growing up. You know, if you had parents, both parents, if you didn't, whatever. Like someone the other day, a friend of mine, you know, they said how in a, in a romantic aspect, they said, how do you feel about, you know, being around women who were raised by a single parent i was like i don't care if you were raised by in a wolf then it's all about how you treat people <laughs> like you know what i mean i don't care one parent both parents whatever it's to me it's all about how you treat folks you know what i'm saying it's all about the service that you do for others because me and you both know people who were raised in a household with two parents who ended up being not good people and then you look at someone like yourself, you know, who were raised in a single parent household that came out great. So it doesn't really matter, like, you know what I mean, what, where you're, you come from, you know what I mean, especially with your parents. It's about, yeah, it plays a role. It's important. But to me, when you check up out of here, you know, people are going to remember for, remember you for how you treated folks, not for if you were only raised by one parent, you know what I mean? So it's all about your, relationships and your responses. I, I I say it's the two R's right there. Your relationship with everybody and everything. Right. Because we do communicate with people, but there's also things that we connect ourselves to. Our phone, social media, you know, um, there's things that women have that they connect themselves to. There's things that men have that they connect <laughs> yeah. themselves very to. Which um, has a very dominant control over their life. And it right. can't speak back to you. So between those two, I feel like it really kind of helps towards that end goal of, like you said, that comes knocking at the door. All you have left is your relationships and the responses that you've given, which develop those relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty fair equation. <laughs> you know, I reference uh, with me working at a cemetery all the time. And, you know, I, I it puts a different perspective on things when you work in a place like that where these people are always remembered by from what they that what cars they drove, how many likes they got on a picture or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's for how they treated people, their relationships, their responses while they were still here, you know, so that's a very true point, you know, um, but I'm going to ask you a question because I got a one track memory. Sometimes I want to ask before I forget. <laughs> so with how is like your career with, being an entertainer and comedy going now as far as like you know because you've had sounds like you've had plenty of experience to get to where you are because i've seen your tiktoks and i've seen you on instagram and your joints is funny you know i wish i had the confidence you have <laughs> i'm hey, slowly man. getting there but <laughs> you know yeah so how's everything with it now um it's it just feels more organic now. I'd say moving through what I do and before I even go into, you know, things I get to do, just on a grander scale, when you're literally living in your purpose or your element, even if it's for a short, short period of time where you're getting paid or not paid for it, it's almost like a waiter, you know, she works all day in the hills and she comes home and you slide her some slides on with some indoor gels yeah on the back of her heels yeah and now she's just gelling and she's relaxing she's at ease she's in her zone she's gelling 
Um, that's how I feel when I do what I do, when I get to entertain any different entity of how I get to do it, performing online, offline. Right. It's, I feel like I'm getting a chance to put the world down now and become myself. So when right. you say like things like, I don't have the confidence. Yeah, it, it took it took time for me learning who I am as a person before I could do any of that because I had to realize, okay, who am I? When I get mad, what type of face do I make when I get mad? Right. You know, how, how loud is my voice when I'm upset, when I'm talking and responding to somebody? And once I learned all those little entities of myself now, you know, I can't really say it's confidence. It's more or less, I just know myself. So regardless of your response to me, this is me. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to say. And this is how I feel. And I'm entitled to it. Right. So it's out and I can't do nothing about it. So I'm going to just smack you in the face with another one and give you some more. <laughs> that is a very good way of putting it because you made a very... <laughs> You made a very good point as far as because you touched on like, you know, your facial expressions, your 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 tone of voice. Very important, I believe. Um, actually, it's a studied statistic where 80 percent of let me get this right. The stats. Yeah. So 80 percent of communication is nonverbal. Um, your your facial expressions, your tone. You know, people be like, oh, your face is too loud. Like, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you can't hide your facial expressions. Um, and essentially, you know, matter of fact, no, I think I got it wrong. 60% of communication is tone. 20% is body language. So that's a big number still. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the rest is verbal. So the majority of how we communicate to others is nonverbal, which is crazy. And then like growing up, I was always told you have to listen to what people don't say. You know what I mean? Or what they're not saying, because people will definitely tell you who they are without opening their mouth through their actions. You know, it's just how many times are you going to learn the lesson until you realize that, you know, because all of us, you know, we grown, we in our thirties now, you know, all of us have should have had more than enough experiences by now to show us that people you know, when it comes to listening, people will tell you who they are without opening, without saying a word, you know, now it's up to you to listen. As a matter of fact, I can remember talking to my father about someone I was seeing at the time. And, you know, I had asked about intentions with this person and they said, I don't know. So I told my father about it and I said, yeah, I said all this. And they said, oh, I don't know. He goes, that's your answer. And I said, what? What do you mean? It's that's not an answer. Like they just said, I don't know. That is an answer. You're just not listening to what they're not saying. What to, you're you're not listening. How did he say it? You're listening to what you want to listen to, but you're not listening to what's actually being said. You know, and I mean? the heart is stubborn. The heart will always be stubborn. It will. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah, man, you definitely made a good point. It's dope that like when you talked about walking in your purpose. Um. It's a great place to be, you know, when because I can speak for myself. I know I've been lost out here for a little while at one point. Sorry. Um, you know, but when you find who you are, find your purpose, man, it's, it, it's a great thing. So would you say that your journey in entertainment has led you to that? Like, you know, um, it, it was kind of sort of they went they went hand in hand, you mm -hmm. know, like I could I couldn't take a step forward until I felt like I was 
in the zone, as they say, or in the element, or the vibe was right. You know, so it was kind of sort of, I had to literally learn that with every single step because I didn't want to wake up one day and say, oh, I'm here now. Now I have to have to learn this lesson, which could have just been learned along that path already because I know the things that came along with that. So when I finally get to the end of this crossroad mm-hmm. or up to this crossroad right here, I know to just make a left instead of I'm trying to figure out if I should go right or left. No, I know where right goes. I need to go left right. at this point. Right. Right. And I can continue this journey. Yeah, yeah. So another good question, where I think it's a good question. Um, we're not kids anymore, man. You know, uh, we met each other when we were what? Like I said, 13, 14. You have a little one now, which is dope. A uh, little girl, I believe, right? Yes, yes. Yes, my little princess. So uh, what's up with that, man? How is fatherhood? Like, how is it? How would it start me start from the top? Like, you know what I mean? When you first realized you were going to. I'm going to say right now, I wish that I could literally inflict fatherhood on every man like a (laughs) man. Y'all can't see his face right now, but he had a lot of like anguish in his face. <laughs> Just imagine taking a fresh, a fresh grape, drying it out, and turn it to a prune like that. That's the face you <laughs> right now and just throw a smile over top of that, like a raising it commercial or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wow. You need it. Wow. You need it. <laughs> well, I guess that answers some of my questions. So <laughs> how old is your little one now? She just turned 10 months. She's trying to walk. She's trying to mm-hmm. talk. She's trying to live her life. She's trying to eat whatever you eat. She's dancing to what you're dancing to. Yeah. You know, it's it's a... Yeah. Yeah, you're just walking around with a little baby mirror. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, you know, I don't know if you went, but uh, I, I think, did you, I don't remember, our little high school reunion in, uh, a couple years ago in 2019 few people showed up it was you know, it was all right whatever but my point in saying that is like people were showing up with their wives their kids their husbands and it was just it was just so hard to like digest i'm like damn man life really does go on we grew up like you know what i mean and it's like i can and maybe it's because i have a vivid memory of school still you know and i can remember us like not just me and you but just us as like you know classmates growing up with everybody like fooling around in a hallway get to class oh yeah whatever and now <laughs> like we have families you know what i mean and it's just i don't know why it's so hard for me like my brother literally just got married the other day which was one of the dopest weekends congrats like, congrats, yeah, congrats. he's a little older than me but like to see you know him like get married i'm like damn this shit is trippy dog like you know what i mean and i don't know why it's so hard for me to understand that but like that's why I'm asking you, like, how has fatherhood like changed the Man, course of your life? Other than the grape prune analogy, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for one, is you know, as, as a as a father, you know, you just think about. I, I I put it like this: imagine waking up and you know your your pursuit of passion is to take care of self to make sure that I'm successful, to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, I got money in my pocket. You know, I got insurance. I have, uh, you know, I'm taking care of my debt. Like, I'm, I'm going towards a house and a business and things like that. But when you when you have a kid, it's almost like 
you wake up and all those inner self-valued motives, literally it's like that. It's like somebody's pulling back a, a, a gate, a metal gate slowly. And it's like, now you're going in the opposite direction. And it's hard because when you wake up every single day and you think about yourself and you take care of yourself and you love yourself more than anybody else, and then you wake up and it's almost like somebody took your heart outside of your body mm. and put it on the floor, allowed you to name it, and it slowly starts developing and looking just like you. So common sense question, if you were to walk out the room, I think you would take your heart with you. You wouldn't just leave it in the room, right? Yeah. <laughs> you you wouldn't leave your heart in a in, in, in a car that's hot while you go in the grocery store, you're taking it with you. You're right. You you go out to eat, you're taking your heart with you. When you go to sleep, you're taking your heart with you. So it's almost like you've created yourself just in another type of way with someone else. Two people come together. You create this little, I wouldn't even call it a little blessing. You 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 create this little legacy because everything that you say and you do, it's gonna feed on it like oxygen. Even though it's breathing, now it's going to feed on everything you say, you do, your mannerism, how you budget your money, how you how you budget your time, how right. you how you carry yourself as a man in public, how right. you talk when you're in situations and so forth. And it's going to evolve. A little you is going to evolve more into a bigger you and then right. also become yourself at the same time. I have had <laughs> several fathers on here, but that was probably the dopest interpretation. <laughs> that i've heard like that that is like i can I, I can't say i can understand it because i don't have any little ones yet but um i that's probably the clearest interpretation that i've heard where i can relate to it the most you know what i mean like just and i like how you use the word heart you know what i mean because you know it's it's i've seen people... what it is just, just, just go before a second right so to not love your child is to not love yourself yeah so when you see a father struggling or not being around, you ever notice how when you talk to them, they say, yeah, I'm trying my best and they don't look you in the eyes or they automatically put the blame on the mother or they, mm -hmm. they just kind of shy away to the conversation. That's because they're struggling with the fact that if they really wanted to, not in all cases, <laughs> not in all cases, but nah, I say 90%, I right, don't look over on that number right there. I'm just going by the fill for that number. Yeah. That if a man really wanted to be a father, he would do everything in his power to be around that child because that's their self. Right. You created your biological presence is right in front of you. Yeah. Just in a just just with sprinkled a little more with somebody else, half and a half. Yeah. But it's you. Right. Right. So if you don't love yourself, I don't see you being a great father to your child. But if you love yourself, those are usually the ones with the fathers right there, thick and thin. Even if he's broke, he's still finding a way to provide. Yeah, that is dope, man. Because it's you. It's right in time for Father's Day, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, will this, will this be? This won't be your first Father's Day, will it? Yeah, first, first, first official Father's Day. Oh, you know. man, it will be. Oh, congrats, man. Happy Father's Day. That, well, pre-happy Father's Day. People wish me happy Father's Day because I got dogs. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm like, like, <laughs> I wish people would show, you know what I'm saying? Wouldn't it be nice people just show up to the, the houses of men who are fathers with pie, like a, like, like a, like a Father's Day pie or something. You know, <laughs> you know, give me, give me like a fall pie, like a fall pie in the summertime, you know, kind of, right. give me some holiday festive something. 
when they eat good. That's it. When I think about Father's Day, I think about food. It should be amongst other things. But <laughs> food, food comes first. I've uh, always heard through the grapevine that, uh, you know, Mother's Day, actually, statistically speaking, is the second most popular holiday next to Thanksgiving. Christmas is the third. Uh, Father's Day is way at the bottom of the list. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, maybe there was a better person that created the list. And, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's on Google, yeah, maybe. Exactly, because, like, the men that, <laughs> you know, went in Wikipedia and changed up the, narr- the narrative. Of yeah, Father's you Day. know. Yeah, yeah, because the men that I've had on here, um, not all of them have been fathers, but all the fathers have been real men. Like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, you being, I think, the third, uh, and all you guys have talked about your children like you did, you know what I mean? It was my, you know, I remember Justin, you know, we went to high school with, he was yeah. on here two episodes ago and he was just, man, a whole bit, you know what I'm saying, on, on his children and he got four little ones, you know. Uh, four, he's... Yeah, we ain't kids, that's what I'm community. saying, we ain't kids no more, man. <laughs> yeah, time, time, time is uh, time creeping is, up slow. Yeah. But aggressive. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I didn't ask you to be on here for a reason. Like, it's, you know, we ran into each other or whatever. Yeah, fine. I run into people I know all the time, but I'm not going to be like, hey, man, I got this pop. But only because, like, I see how you speak and I see how you... And another thing that I always have always admired about you is, like, you never seemed... To, growing up, you never... And even now, you never seemed to be... How do I say it? Negative. You know what I mean? You've always been happy and cheery and bubbly and this, that, and the third. I can't, man, listen. <laughs> you gave me, you you, hey, y'all can't see it, but Deshae has literally been smiling this entire time. <laughs> his, 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 he has literally been smiling from the time I hit record until now, and that's what made me think of it, you know. Man, you know, you ever had that one that one time in life where maybe you woke up and just everything you ever desired just kind of popped up right in front of your face? Maybe you right. might have been yeah. saying you went to Disney World. Maybe you were 16. It was your first car. Maybe you were 21 and it was your first bottle in the club. Who knows? For me, that feeling, it just seemed like uh, uh, maybe there's a button on my brain that, you know, if there's enough pressure applied to it, I get to get the endorphins of that feeling. Well, maybe I'm guessing it might have been sports or I bumped my head on the dresser uh, when I was a kid, but that button got pressing. It, it never got a release. So I'm just constantly feeling good and I don't know why. Yeah. It gets confusing sometimes, yeah. but I just feel good about everything, man. Yeah. You know, you wake up and the sun is out. Come on, it's sunny, man. <laughs> and I, and I'm not just saying this. Like I literally have known this dude for years, and he's always been just the most optimistic. Like you know, I'm definitely somebody who can find a bad in any situation. But even me, I'd be like, man, fuck this. Like you know, but like, <laughs> but with Deshay, man, he's always. And another thing, and this is I can't forget this is I've also you know, see you talk about your relationship with God too, which I feel like is the most important out of everything that we've talked about thus far. Um, you know, so I've always, and because, you know, me being, you know, a fellow brother in Christ with you, like me and you both know, you know what I mean, how important that is. And um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here 
and make a very humbled assumption that has a little bit to do with your never-ending optimism. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. I used to call it a spiritual side, but I've realized that you know how you wake up every day, you say, hey, man, I feel good today. The next day you wake up and you might be, I ain't having a good day, so you might go to work and you don't want to talk to people. Or, you know, you wake up with these different emotions. Well, there's always just this one emotion that I feel like I'm stuck with and I've never been able to shake, which is at the end of the day, I'm literally in control of nothing but my response to everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going through life and I'm, I, I woke up and realized when I've been dealing with a lot of good things and a lot of bad things. And literally there's only two things that can happen in your life. And you may not be physically used to it or mentally used to it, or, or you just haven't, you know, built up enough, enough confidence to even think in this capacity. But there's two things that you can do to every single situation get a bad life, which is I can take this in a negative way. Yeah. Or I can really sit back yeah. and, de- and depict every single good thing that's literally smack dab in the middle of this right now. Yeah. It's almost like gold pedaling and in one of those Yukon places or whatever, where you got your pan and you know the river is coming, you got a whole bunch of rocks. You know it's some gold in. You might be shaking this pan for two hours, but I guarantee you're going to find you a gold nugget and it's going to make two hours even better. So there's a gold nugget in every single negative thing that's happening in your life at all times. Yeah. That now that finally something that you said I can agree that I can I can understand. Um <laughs> the golden nugget, some people say silver lining, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever. Um, no, that's very true. And uh no matter like how bad the situation can be, you know, like you said, there's always something to find that, you know, um can put perspective on things where it's like, okay, my issues aren't as big. You know, I was uh, in a grocery store today, right? Matter of fact, right after me and you got off the phone before we got on here and um, I walked past the newspaper and there was a headline that said 21 goodbyes. And it was talking about the 21 people who were killed um, in that elementary school. You know what I mean? And it's like, damn, you know, and not that, you know, I've, been worrying about anything today or been dreading anything but you know you read stuff like that and you like damn dog like you know and and, well i don't read it because i just don't you know i have the energy and tolerance for a lot of things but when it comes to stuff like that you know when you see bad things happen to good people it's not something i like to indulge too much in but it does kind of again it puts perspective on things you know what i mean your problems aren't as big as you think they are it's never going to be as big like, right. even even when you think of situations like that that just recently happened, right? You sit back and you can be so upset with something that's going on. Maybe maybe you're, you're working check to check and you, you're literally on the verge of, I probably could not provide if there was an extra or one day less in the week, I'd, I'd be done. There's right. always something going on where you, you, you can look at yourself with a situation and say, wow, okay, so even with the and, and, and God bless every single one of their souls. But just when I woke up and read that all these children had got killed, it literally, in my mind, it made me say, these kids didn't even get a chance to really express, live, see, exactly. and really experience the abundance of life to any sort of degree. And yet here I am at 31, still here. Mm-hmm. And I've had a chance 
I've, I've been able to see other places, eat different foods, leave the house without my mom saying, I'll be back before the streetlights are on. They didn't even make yeah. it to that point in their life. Right, exactly. And so who am I to be upset about, okay, cool, I'm having a bad day, but I'm not expired right now, which means that if I'm still alive, there's some type of good that could possibly happen one second longer than I wait, one minute longer than I wait, one day longer, one month, one year, because there's still time on my clock. So why would I be upset about anything? Yeah. Now, yes, I'm a human being, and I, like it, it's your response. Maybe it, 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 it's your response, what you're saying back to somebody who's saying something, or it's your your catapulted release or response to life with where life is just giving you. So yeah. I look at everything like a conversation. I talk to life the same way I talk to people. And if you can look at it that way, there's always a chance to do one or two things, like I said, taking a negative connotation or find all the goods and the positive and keep it moving right there in the spot. Sometimes all you you might not have anything left but a smile. Put that smile on and watch what happens. <laughs> Yo, I was just captivated for like the last two minutes just now with you talking. <laughs> I was just like just staring at the like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this for the last two minutes, nothing else existed, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Cause what you just said was man, I can't even put into words how profound it was man i didn't even think about it like that you know you see yeah man nah dog like and it's in every single episode that i do with one of you guys i always end up learning something new about maybe the person i'm talking to about life itself and it's like you know when i was talking referencing those those children you know and those few adults who had been killed in that shooting you know i'm just kind of looking at it from a morbid side like, damn, man, you know, 21, some of my 18, some of my kids are being buried in the next few days. I never looked at it deep as what you just said. Like, damn, they never got to experience what I've already been to. I have already experienced two or three times over. You know what I mean? So why am I going to sit here and be upset that because I still have breath in my body and I'm still here? You know, that is some real shit. <laughs> that is some. Re- but the thing is, it takes a lot of, and I'm sure you'll agree, it takes a lot of a lot of humbling and a lot of lessons for God to administer that type of thinking. You know what I mean? And I, I briefly talked about this on the last episode. You know, when I see people talk bad about other people's situations, whether it be financial, relationships, romance, whatever. And it's like for you to judge, not you specifically, but, you know, in a general aspect, for you to judge someone's relate, judge someone's situation, <clears throat> lets me know one of two things. One, you ain't never hit rock bottom. You ain't never, never seen it. You don't know what it's like. Or two, you have hit rock bottom, but you didn't learn a damn thing from it. You know what you I mean? Everything you just said, where you had said, you know, man, you know, these poor kids, you know, not in, you know, even the the, the adults that got killed, you know, and just other horrible situations like that, for example, you know, like I'm still here, you know what I mean? And I've got to experience it takes it takes some dragging through the mud to get to that point on that way of thinking. You just said, you know, you didn't wake up thinking oh, like it, that. No, it. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I would I would go through things mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and I never forgot. And this isn't even being so spiritual that, you know, 
you you you're, you're, you're no heavenly good but just i've been through some moments where and i if you haven't been in this moment yet, I don't know who might be listening to this, but yeah. at some point as a human being, you get to this point in life where you don't care who's looking, you don't care if anybody can hear you or see you, you might end up yelling out loud to the top of your lungs, yelling at the sky or just yelling at the wall or the pillow over your face. It's a release. It happens. You get to that point. But imagine when you do that so many times and eventually you start getting responses. Yeah. How do you explain that? There's only two ways you can go. This is just ironic, or this is God, or the universe, whatever you want to call it, responding back to what I've been putting out. And I'm actually getting a response. And it's like, you got to, that won't even happen until, like you said, until you humble yourself. Yeah. So when you finally realize that you don't know everything, you are not in control of everything. Yeah. You don't have to. The last, you don't even have to have the last say so. You don't have to be upset because somebody tried to make you upset. Why even give them the power to make you upset in the first place? Just hear their response, and, but still stay in your element. You're giving over your power to everything and everyone all day long. And when you humble yourself, you realize that you don't have to be swayed like a little <laughs> fig tree in the wind. You don't yeah. have to be. You could be a solid oak tree inside of a a big great forest that does not move unless there's an earthquake. Right. The right. tree remains still at all times. And so in that, humbling yourself, knowing that I have no power over the things that keep happening to me. And right. we all know that. And when things happen to you, you didn't ask somebody to hit your car. You didn't ask anybody to break inside of your house. Things happen to you. But at that moment, now you got to make a decision. Okay, cool. Somebody broke into my house. Am I mad? I need to go get a gun. I need to go do this. I'm going to hunt them down, check my cameras. Or you can say, Man, I should have paid my ADT bill. <laughs> <laughs> and they would have already been on the way. And none of my stuff would have been stolen. This is a my fault situation. Thank you. Oh gosh, yo, that was funny how you wrapped that up. Uh <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> the glass half full, the glass half empty. Um, but before we get out of here, man, uh, you had just touched on something that was, man, I, I can't stress it enough. Um, you don't know everything, you know what I mean? You, and, and people, whether it be work or romance or what, no matter the situation or relationship, but if I get the type of, um, you know, I believe in giving people a chance, but you know, if I if I get the sense that you think you know everything and you think you're never wrong and all this other stuff, what do we say when this episode first started? The longer you're around something or someone, you're gonna turn into. You're and gonna become it. You're gonna become it. And it's like I've been through too much to know that I don't know everything. And I'm grateful that I don't know everything because life is an ever-learning lesson. I've said this quote before, but one of my favorite writers, Mark Twain, said, I'll never let my schooling get in the way of my education you know, and life Mm -hmm. is an ever learning process. So, you know, and the thing about it, like, yeah, you know, we're in our thirties, we've been through a lot, but we're still in hindsight, very young. So to meet people who are our age, who think that way, it's like, yo, like, are you serious? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There, when I was at my brother's wedding, um, the other day, the pastor says something very profound. Um, you know, when I was standing there and he had said, now is the day where you become a student of one another, you know, and that is some deep because it's still more learning to do. 
You know what I mean? It's it's still more learning. It's still more learning about life, about yourself. I'm learning stuff about myself every day. You learn stuff about yourself every day. Man, I'm learning stuff about my dog that I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just found out he's afraid of suitcases. Like, I don't know where that came from, but like, Whoa. yo, like crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, that definitely just hit a button when you because people who just think they know everything. Oh my God. Like I cannot stand them. And I used to be one of them. You know what I mean? I used and I that's probably why I can't stand it. It's kind of like a an ex gang banger, like <laughs> speaking against gang violence. I mean, if you want to be technical, it's, it's even you wanting to have control over you because you can't have control over anything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is you won't true. even, you won't even allow yourself to give yourself over to being humble because that's the last thing you had. Yeah. The last thing a man's has is, is, is what his pride. That's like the only thing you do will not give up or hold on to it. Like, like it's his best friend. Like yeah. I'm not letting my pride go. Yeah. But somebody who is so embellished in that is going to say, that's the last thing I can't give is my, my, myself over to that. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, I had to do these episodes with, you know, amazing people with amazing stories such as yourself, but them two minutes when you were speaking, man, I, I thought I was in church for a second. <laughs> Like nothing, like I said, like nothing else mattered. And like these conversations are what I'm proud of is because when we were, you know, younger in high school, whatever, we, of course, like we we weren't mentally sound to have conversations like this. And of course, that's this part of growing up. But to like when I do these episodes, like with you or with Justin or, you know, with other people that I've met, you remember Nick, I'm gonna have Nick on here um soon and i I literally met nick when i was 11 years old (laughs) you know what i mean i met nick when i was 11 11 i met him in oh two dog i met him in oh freaking two actually no i met him in oh yeah oh two yeah oh two and like you know this dude i'm not gonna put too much because i don't want to put those teeth spoiler alerts out there but the dude like you know he's about to be a father you know what I mean? And, and, and with a woman that, he, you know, he cares for, he loves for. And it's like to see the growth in people that you grew up with, man, and to have these conversations. It's just something that money can't buy. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just glad that you were learned, that you learned from the hard places you've been in. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be on here. <laughs> like we would, I would have kept walking. In, uh, yeah, I, w- I would have kept walking in Wegmans. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I, I was definitely profiled, but, it, but it's okay. <laughs> so real quick, man, before we get out of here, tell people where they can see some of your comedy, man. You know, some of your sketch, some of your scenes and stuff like that. Um, Man, well, I guess everyone's on TikTok now. So, you know, you can definitely take a journey on there. Bronze, bronze Hippie uh, on, on TikTok. Okay. And... Just let the good time, good times roll. Uh, I, I got to play this season three coming soon. You know, we're working on some new things. Uh, I'm working on teaching some classes uh, in the community with um, Park and Reg, you know, with acting and things like that coming That's up. Dope. So okay, expect uh, some some new things before the year going into the new year. Cool, um, for sure. Cool. Well, I will. Uh... I'll definitely be on the lookout because I definitely watch all your stuff. <laughs> appreciate you, sir. Yeah, of course, you. man. Of course. You know, social media is a thing. You might not talk to the person, but 
you know, uh, I've had people, I was at a wedding a few months ago and somebody that I didn't even know followed me. Yo, man, you're such an inspiration and blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, shit, I, Brit, thanks. Like, <laughs> you know, people, that's, that's what it's about. In, in other words, people are always watching. People are always, yes. people are always yes. watching. Whether they're rooting for you or not, people are always watching. Um, you are the show. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I definitely thank you again for coming on here, man. You know, I feel like I, this, as always, turned out to be exactly how I thought it would be when I asked you, you know, would you be a part of this, man? You know what I mean? So I uh, definitely appreciate you. Appreciate you. Of course, man. Now, maybe one of these days, I can get you, Nick, Justin. We can all, you know, kind of just, you know, the kids on the block, you know, even though we kind of had different factions in high school, whatever, we're all in the same Let's boat make now. It happen, man. Let's make it happen, man. We, maybe we can all, you know, we're matching Jordans and rubbers. <laughs> minus the hoot, <laughs> minus the uh, hoochie stop, daddy shorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean, no hoochie daddy shorts. I ain't, I ain't, yeah, I ain't. None, none of those. None of we cutting the camera up. You know, we only yeah. Matter of fact, I pray it rains that day and it's cold outside. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been a dope, another dope episode of the morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous podcast. Where, of course, we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things have my man Deshay on one of my longtime friends I've known him since literally we were kids way before we can get into a rated R movie um <laughs> you know so yeah man definitely appreciate you coming on dog until next time y'all peace love and always <laughs>